hard-hitting questions coming out of yesterday. You know, I think one of them was uh, whether or not the horns down is going to be 15-yard penalty uh, in the SEC in the future. That it was very important to finish uh, and to collect the trophy and to win 10 games and win a game on New Year's Day and all those things. And uh, believe me, we had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. I said in my press conference back in December that I didn't feel like there was anything at South Carolina that we lacked to be a championship program, that we had everything that we needed. I am even more convinced of that now after being there for seven months. So there's a report in the Houston Chronicle that, that Texas and Oklahoma are inquiring about joining the SEC. <laughs> I bet they would. <laughs> War Eagle. It was good to say that. All right. <clears throat> I didn't even remember that 12 years ago, but now that you say that, because I believe there was something about someone didn't have Tebow first team all SEC. And as usual, I was accused of that. So <laughs> I brought my ballot to, to show everyone, to show Urban. Um, so. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. I go by SEC Mike uh, on Twitter. <laughs> I go by <laughs> SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I cannot tell you mm. how happy I am to hear your voice <laughs> after your month-long vacation <laughs> down there in Orlando. How are you doing, brother? Man, I, I, I'm great, brother. I am absolutely great. I was ready to get back. Um, you know how it is. Sometimes you... Sometimes you could be gone too long, and I know I know that's a luxury that a lot of people don't have, and and I know I'm privileged and, and blessed. But uh, I tell you what, man, uh, it was great seeing my family. It was great hanging out with you guys. Uh, it was a once in a lifetime trip, you know. Uh, I wanted to get everybody down there, um, and then of course, as you know, the second half we went and spent a few nights over at my oldest's house uh, down there in West Palm, which mm-hmm. is a real cool little town. But I tell you, buddy. I miss this bed. I miss <laughs> I miss my shower. I miss everything. I miss the luxury of being at home. So I was ready to get back, ready to get back to work, so I can start paying for this damn vacation. <laughs> and uh, uh, other than that, man, it's 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 been good. But now we got uh, we got the Super Bowl coming up. I mean, things are ramping up real quick with football. So uh, I, I'm just I'm glad to be back, Mike, and I appreciate it. Yeah, and you know, if anybody missed it, go back. It, it was last week when I got back. I told the Epcot story from my side of the fence. I'm wondering if you could share with the audience your side of that that day and maybe the day after. That was pretty funny, too. But uh, for anybody that doesn't know, I've never been to Epcot. And it's basically designed to where there's a two-mile walking trail. It's a circle. And mm-hmm. every so often is a new country. So that you, you could be yeah. in China one minute. You could be in France the next <laughs> minute. You'd be in England. And then they all have unique drinks and, and food for each country. Why don't you take it 
from there, Shane. And uh, your your idea for Epcot, which sounded great on paper, but uh, about two, two hours in, I was tapping out. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, you said two and a half miles. It felt like we walked each one of these damn countries. I ain't going to lie, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I was exhausted. But uh, my oldest, she she did a, uh, a tour down there once, and it was, um, uh, you know, drink something from each country that's represented uh, in, in Epcot. And I said, man, that, like you said on paper, that sounds great. So I'm all in, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't factor you know, the whole athleticism part of it, you know, I mean, cause my feet were damn killing me because we just did a park the day before, but, uh, I was, I was in, man. I said, you know what, let's do this. So, uh, we get to Epcot and, and the premise, like you said, each area has got its own little country, own little flair. There's several of them. I don't even know how many I lost count. Uh, but at each country, we were going to drink some sort of alcohol, uh, you know, some beers at some places, some, you know, shots at other places, sake at other places. I mean, you, you name it. <laughs> so um, the problem was, I think, Mike, be honest with you, we started out in one of my favorite country, and that's Mexico. I didn't want to leave, and I didn't want to just drink <laughs> one drink. So I got I got a little couple shots there in Mexico, and uh, which was at the time felt like a good idea. But by the time we landed to France, brother, as you know, I was blitzed, man. I was like, we got to stop. We got to slow down. We got to find a restaurant to eat because we got like half the continents left. And at this point, if we continue this, they're going to have to wheel me out. So uh, we stopped there in Italy, had some pizza and got back to work. And man, it was fantastic. The beers that I drank, um, I think one of the best ones I had, believe it or not, was a Chinese beer. Uh, I, I mean, you could taste the orange in it and all this stuff. I, I, it, I think maybe I liked it so much because I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my favorite beer had to be from Canada because that meant we made it to the end. <laughs> and by God, we did it, brother. I, I, my, my oldest, she, she had. <laughs> She had to be helped out of the park, but, you know, not, not everybody's a seasoned vet like uh, uh, Cousin Shane, you know. I was ready to go for round two. Now, I also told the story of, uh, you know, because this is how ill-prepared Shane was. I mean, the sun was beating down. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was the alcohol oh or the gosh. sun, yeah. but he's beat red about halfway through this thing, and he had to buy him a, a, a straw hat, one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. Do you st- did you keep the hat? That's all I want to know. I'm looking at it right now. It's part of the studio, Mike. I don't know what these Chinese words say on it, but by that point, I realized it was it was really hot, man. It was extremely hot down there, and this is China. So if you know China, we're about one fourth of uh, Epcot in here. And I'm like, if we continue this rate, I'm, I mean, I'm going to pass out just from heat exhaustion. So. I did buy me one of these Chinese hats, and uh, it looked funny, buddy. But I'm going to tell you, it provided plenty of shade, and it was well. It's probably the most, probably the best investment I made at Disney. To be honest with you, I'm looking at my Chase app here, and I'm like, oh my god, we spent, we financed Disney for a day, you know. But this hat, this twenty dollar hat, was the best thing that I did down there, and uh, I think it saved me. I, I think it saved me in the long run. And it, what was funny is. We're a small group, you know, because every now and then you'd see another little guy with a Chinese hat. And it's like we were – you ever drive down the road and you see the motorcycle guys wave at each other or the Jeep guys <laughs> wave at each other or you're on the boat, you know, yeah. you wave at each other. Well, these Chinese hats, man, it was a small group, but we knew. <laughs> 
You know, and every time I fa- I passed one, he goes, "Hey, man, nice hat." <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you sharing that story, Shane. But we got to get this show on the road, and yes, you know, we can't top that. But but this comes damn close because, man, we love the behind the scenes recruiting stories, and we love Coach O. He may no longer be a head coach here in the SEC, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, he's got a special place in our heart, and he's down there for the Super Bowl to hopefully, you know, we're recording this before the Super Bowl, so we don't know who won it, but uh, clearly he's rooting for the Bengals, rooting for Joe Burrow, and Coach O was on the Dan Patrick Show and shared one of the best recruiting stories I've ever heard. Uh, He's, of course, talking about the great Oklahoma running back Adrian Peterson and at this time Coach O was at Southern Cal trying to get Adrian Peterson to Los Angeles let's take it here from Coach O who broke your heart is there one that stands out oh Adrian Peterson oh man I loved him I loved Adrian Oklahoma better offered a better package to him this this true story we go we go down to see Adrian me and Pete and uh, his mother ran track at, I think it was at Houston, wonderful lady. And Adrian and I had a great relationship. He loved Pete Carroll, but I felt like he and I were very tight. One time he says, Coach, I went to school. He says, Coach, I want you to follow me. I couldn't, I couldn't drive with him. We went 30 miles. I said, I don't know where we're going. We stopped at this little country store, and he bought a gingerbread cookie. I couldn't buy it for him for supper. And then we went to a basketball game, and we sat in the, sat in the, in the gym, and I said, what are we doing? He said, you see that guard right there? I got to play him next week. Coach, come and scout him. How about that? <laughs> then he, I said, well, Adrian, what is the key to getting you here at USC? He says, Coach, well, Bob Stoops, my dad is incarcerated. Bob Stoops won't see him. Well, me and Pete Carroll tried to go get him. And to go see him, they wouldn't let us in. But Adrian said, Coach, my dad is be able to watch my games where he's at. Well, if I go to Oklahoma, I tried to get the guy transferred to Los Angeles. <laughs> Wait, you <laughs> tried to get Adrian's dad? <laughs> yeah, I tried. <laughs> How does that happen? Uh, I competed. I competed. Couldn't get it done, but I competed. All right, Shane. So I mean, I have, I've th- I've, just when you think you've heard it all in recruiting, you get a story like this. I mean, trying to get an incur- incarcerated parent transferred closer to the school mm. of choice. I mean, what a story there from Coach O. <laughs> hey, man, say what you want, but I think on Nick Saban could get it done these days. You know, <laughs> man, that is a wild, wild story. And I talked to my boss today about this. I couldn't believe it. I've never heard it, and he. You know, he's from that area. He was from Oklahoma, and he was telling he was telling me the city and everything, and it's legit. It, they they really tried to move him, but they just couldn't get it done. And uh, it, it kind of reminds you of that – you remember that movie Blue Chips? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like – it, it kind of – that's recruiting, though, man. And if you think – I mean, I know that's to the extreme, but if you think that's the wildest recruiting story you've heard, buddy, that ain't even close. But that was something else, man. I <laughs> – 
Oh, man. Move. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine that phone call, Coach O? Like, I mean, how do you how do you even start that process? I, you know, I, I mean, there were some palms getting paid then, man. No doubt. Well, Shane, so that basically the only uh, real big show topic here wanted to discuss because it became official since uh, our last podcast on Friday. But Auburn has come out and made it definitive. Brian Harson staying for at least another season. I mean, they're committed to Brian Harson. Is this is one of the first times, maybe the first time ever in the history of the SEC that a school has investigated its coach and had mm-hmm. to re- release a statement saying this guy's coming back, and we're talking about after just one season. So, man, what what a wild, wild story down there on the plains, but. You know, after I think I probably hit you up five or six times saying, hey, I think today's the day Brian Harson is going to be fired at Auburn. Yet they turn around. <laughs> they do a 180 after an internal investigation. They're staying. They're sticking with their man. And uh, I know, Shane, you've been off the grid. You've been on vacation. So yeah. I, I'm just here to answer any questions you got. But, you know, how, how wild is it that, uh, you know, this is where we got after, you know, all indication was. Brian Harson was going to be out at Auburn. Now he's back. And, uh, you know, based on, on you know, early reaction, he showed up at the basketball game over the weekend. Mm-hmm. He, they're going crazy for this guy. I think oh, he's yeah. I think he's got more support than he's ever had at Auburn now that they they tried to fire him and they couldn't do it. Well, I'll be honest with you, Mike. I, I don't know the whole situation. Like you said, I was off the grid. I just, I, I, you know, the the information that I was gathering was from our group text messages, you know, <laughs> and it was always about some young lady and Brian, and apparently something bad happened. So, I mean, I I, I had the ingredients, but I didn't know exactly how this thing played out. And uh, like you said, it, it, yeah, I got the feeling that he was fired, and then he's he's back. I made the joke about the uh, about playing uh, at the lot or at the uh, casino. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's one of those deals. Do you think? Let me ask you, Mike. Uh, do you think that this boils down to they couldn't find enough to because obviously they there's no nothing wrong with Auburn firing Brian Harson, but. I think it was more – and change. tell me if I'm wrong, but if there's no show cause, you still got to pay the guy, just like you're paying a guy that's at UCF right now. You know what I'm saying? And right. you can't afford to, to, to be paying all these coaches just off the rumor mill. So do you think that's what it was, that they looked into this? And when they say look into it, I think they looked into it just enough to see if they can get out of paying him. Am I right or wrong? No, I think you're right on the mark, and you referenced Gus Malzahn. I mean, they just paid the guy a year ago. Uh, you know, he doesn't get it in one large sump or anything, but $40 million committed mm-hmm. to Gus Malzahn. I think he got about $20 million of that already, and, and it's one of those deals kind of like Butch at Tennessee or, yeah. you know, some of these other coaches where, where he'll get the rest over time. But, yeah, I think it would have been a real hard pill, Shane, to, to turn around a year after committing all that money to Gus Malzahn to turn around and say – all right, Brian, this is not working out. Here's 18 point whatever million you're going to get, not to mention however many million it's going to take to bring in the next coaching staff. So yeah, what from what I understand, you know, there's so much rumors, so much allegations. What this really boiled down to was the fact that so many assistants left the program. He's going to be on his fifth coordinator in 14 months. It's, it's an incredible yeah. turnaround here. So many players leaving via the transfer portal. It was more about that 
and some of the exit interviews that those people would have with Auburn to raise red flags about Brian Harson and just how difficult he is to work with. And I mean, I don't think uh, you can read it any other way. Just if you look at how it's go, how it's transpired at Auburn, how it's transpired at Boise, you're hearing some of the other those same things. Not not personal allegations, but just he's a he's a tough guy to work mm-hmm. with. I've heard he, you know, you, you've seen it from the players themselves saying this guy's a great coach, but he just does not know how to relate to us as players. Now yeah. that's not unanimous because hell, you for every player you had saying that, you had about two or three saying. This is this no, is our coach. Right. He's he's coaching us. Uh, he's not our friend. He's our he's our leader. He's our coach. That's what we need to get where we need to get. I mean, hell, even one of the guys that was calling him out, Smoke Monday, said, "If this guy learns how to, uh, you know, treat people, it, he's the next Nick Saban." So yeah, I mean, they they certainly have a high regard of his coaching ability. But at the end of the day, there was nothing there based on their internal investigation to get rid of this guy for, for anything he's done. And Brian Harson called their bluff. And as soon as yeah. they, as soon as behind the wheels, it, it was, you know, this internal investigation, I think the people and, and everybody knows who they are, the big boosters down there that hated Brian Harson hire. They didn't want him hired in the first place. They wanted Kevin Steele. They've been against this day one. As soon as they heard about this investigation, I think they started leaking all these, these rumors and allegations and, I mean, it was it was a joke. It was in the morning he's he's having an affair, and then in yeah. the afternoon it's it's he's abusive, and then by the evening they were saying he's racist. I mean, this <laughs> this was like all in the same day, all getting pushed out, and it's it's wild that after a year all this would would drop on the same day. I mean, to me it it just read as something that's manufactured, and I've since seen Shane. I mean, I've probably seen ten articles saying, well, Auburn's just torpedoed their program brian harson just he'll he'll never work here they auburn you know if they're gonna fire him they should have just done it and they're just delaying the inevitable i think that's just i think that's the easy way to analyze this situation and i i would honestly go a 180 shame because after the way auburn season finished losing five straight i don't think the fan base was too enthused about the brian harson era and yeah. now that, uh, you know, they tried to run him out out of town, they made all this scandalous, you know, there's been rumors about his family, there, there's been rumors about an affair, and none of that stuck, none of that worked, and now it seems like he's really got the support of true Auburn people, and I got to assume that the coaches and the players that stayed, you know, I think they're going to work their ass off to make sure that Brian Harson is a success at Auburn, and I just think it's easy to sit here and say, well, he's got face. Nick Saban in Alabama, the greatest dynasty of all time. He, and then on the other side of the, the spectrum, you know, their East counterpart, Georgia, is looking like, you know, the future juggernaut potentially of the SEC, just won the national championship. They got the talent. They, they may win another one here in the near future. Yeah. So, you know, he is certainly between a rock and a hard place. I understand that. But I just think it's cheap and it's easy to say, well, he's not going to work at Auburn because – Let's say they hire Urban Meyer. I think you can make the same argument that he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's still got to face Nick Saban and Kirby and right. and Jimbo and Brian Kelly and and Mike Leach and Sam Pittman. I mean, hell, it's it's a tough job regardless. I understand, uh, you know, the PR hit, but you know, I was hearing the same shit, Shane, this time last year at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Josh Heupel, what a joke! There was people that that said Tennessee five years. There before they they get to a bowl game. I mean, people forget yeah. 
I mean, it, it's it's because this is the off season. There's not much going on. So, you know, Auburn is is right now the center of the college football world. But if you turn around and you have a solid season, no one's going to remember any of this garbage. Now, no. they certainly do need to pick it up, I think, on the recruiting trail and, and do a little bit better job. But it's not like, uh, you know, he's the world's worst recruiter here. I mean, we got a top 20 recruiting class uh, in his first season there at Auburn. So, you know, I'm just not buying into the that, you know, this is uh, uh, going to be a disaster and, and Auburn will never recover from this. I think, if anything, you know, we're going to see the level – a buy-in incredibly high from this Auburn program. And uh, I'm going to be rooting for Brian Harson after uh, what he and his family had to go through the last week and a half. It's I mean, shit, Mike, it's talking season. You know what I'm saying? This is, this was a, a Twitter fueled, you know, witch hunt, if you will. Right. And, and, you know, and I think when the dust settles, you're going to find there probably were some big boosters behind some of this, you know, because you, you don't get some of these huge news outlets to just, you know, throw anything out there without some influence. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think there there's a little where there's, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I'm sure we're going to hear something come out. But, you know, when I hear players talk about coaches not being – I mean, they're – it's a job, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get there's some player coaches out there that are very successful, and then there's some that's not. And, you know, it's like if, I, if I'm if i having open-heart surgery, Mike, I want to go to a doctor that is the best at that field. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about his bedside manner. You right. know what I'm saying? He can come in there. He can tell me I'm overweight and it's my fault and whatever. I don't need to be babied, but I want the best there. And you think about the Auburn Tigers, what I think about, Mike, they're a few seconds away from beating Alabama. Right. Are we? What kind of story are we singing if 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 that would have went a different way? So, I, I, I don't know. I, I know it wasn't the perfect season. Things didn't work out. You're going to have turmoil in the locker room when you have a coach switch. It happens every single time. So, it shouldn't be new news that some of the players don't like the new coach. But I, I think this, like you said, this witch hunt and everything that they went through, they're already starting to spin it a little bit, I've noticed, uh, and make it a good thing. Uh, you know, make it a fun program. Yes, they got Alabama on one side and Georgia on the other, but that just means more airtime on TV, baby. That means you're, you're – I mean, you know what I'm saying? That means you're going to be on CBS a few more times and, and take advantage of it because everybody was glued to that TV during the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Everybody was glued to the TV when the, uh, Georgia was playing them. So, you know, things didn't go exactly as planned, but the country was watching them. And what happens when Auburn does turn that page, when they do find a quarterback, when they do uh, pull off an upset or anything like that? Next thing you know – Auburn's the top dog again. And the last time they were there, they won a national championship. So this is a national championship program. They got national championship money. They got everything in place needed for Brian to be successful. Uh, And it feels like we're starting to get some of the players, some of the fans starting to buy back into this program because, let's face it, you're stuck with them. All right? You're stuck with them for a few years. They tried to rattle a cage. You tried to get them out of here. You ain't getting Urban Meyer. Just you better love the one you got because I'm telling you what, Mike, you you could be a bad hire away. And I don't think Brian was a bad hire. I think for a first-year coach, he did great down there. 
like I said, it wasn't a perfect season, but it could be a lot worse, man. Uh, it could be a Derek Dooley situation. Right. And next thing you know, your program is five years behind. So uh, Auburn is not that. They got a top 20 recruiting class. They can't continue to grow. Uh, and and I'm, very, I'm very pumped to see what these guys do in the future. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Shane, you know, we reference it, all the – Teams in the SEC that are that are you know the arrows pointing up and they have clear leadership, clear direction. You got to get behind this guy, otherwise you got no chance in hell of kept yep. catching up to Alabama, Georgia, and, and just look what A and M's doing, and look what LSU appears to be doing under Brian Kelly, Sam Pittman and company, uh, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach. I mean, all these programs are pushing in the right direction. If you're going, if if you're not all in on this guy. Good luck. That's that's basically yeah. that's basically uh, you know end of the message. You'll just never never compete with those teams regularly. You know what? Not anytime soon, for sure. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's Better H E L P. Head on over to BetterHelp.com/sec to get ten percent off your first month over at BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours over at BetterHelp. Mental health is something we we all got to take seriously, particularly in these times. I know I've had a time in my life where I needed to speak to a therapist and it really helped me get through the issues I was having. And that's how they can help you over at BetterHelp. Again, that's H-E-L-P.com. And use that promo code SEC. You can find all this in the show notes. Head on over to their website and read some of the testimonials posted daily over at BetterHelp. Two million people have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals over at BetterHelp. Once again, BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SEC. If you need some help, want to speak to a therapist, you don't even have to leave your home to do it. Head on over to BetterHelp.com. Use that promo code SEC for 10% off your first month. And again, you can find this link in the show notes. Now, of course, Shane, the big game here, Super Bowl, like I said, we're recording this. So I, you know, I don't really want to preview a game that once people start listening to this, they'll have already heard. But it's such a such a unique Super Bowl for uh, many reasons, but a big one for us being uh, an SEC-focused show is just the fact that it's Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, two of the best SEC Mm -hmm. quarterbacks in recent history, and, you know, a ton of players on both sides of the team just loaded with SEC talent. And I thought it would be fun to just ask you, Shane, and, uh, I mean, you certainly – you can answer Joe Burrow, you can answer answer Matthew Stafford, but – you know, and you don't have to necessarily. I'm not asking you to to do a rankings list or anything, but you know, it is the off season, and that's one of the things I love about college football is just sitting back and talking about it and debating it. And I'm just curious to know, Shane. You know, where do these two rank among some of your favorite SEC quarterbacks to ever play the game that uh, that that you and I have have sat back and watched? If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, are you talking about why they're in the pros or why they're in college? No, I'm just talking straight in the SEC in college football. And, you know, I'll give you an example. 
the one that comes to my mind that uh, I just could never get enough of. And I got to be honest, you know, I didn't even under, I didn't really even buy into this program being in the SEC when it first happened. But once I saw Johnny Manziel play football, I could not get enough of the Texas A&M Aggies. And hell, like I said, hell, I'm a, I'm from Tennessee. I got, I had no connection to Texas A&M. But as soon as I, I just saw that ma- magician back there, uh, <laughs> man, I could not get enough of Texas A&M football when Johnny Manziel was there. And you know, I know it didn't work out for him in the NFL, but man, anytime if there's a classic game on that, that's an old Aggie game that's got Johnny Manziel all the time. I'm pulling up his highlights on YouTube just to watch Mm -hmm. just what a damn magician he was back here in the pocket. I'm just curious to, to know, you know, some of some of the favorite quarterbacks that you've got to watch sec. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just some of, well, I'll tell you these guys, both of them are up the list, Uh, but I would say more Joe, just because of the story of LSU and, you know, just, I don't know, just nobody Nobody picked him. You know what I'm saying? He goes down there and he just finds his way onto the field and puts together one of the most beautiful offensive seasons I've ever seen in my life. So I would say Joe Burrows is up there. Now, now, you know, Stafford, on the other hand, I mean, you know, Tennessee was kicking their ass back in the day. So, I mean, I I wasn't (laughs) too impressed. But, no, I'm just kidding. He had some – obviously he had some great games – and I love his story more in the pros. Yeah. Just the fact, you know, he he's up there at Detroit trying his best. Everybody tries to be – like that Barry Sanders, you know, finally gets out. And what does he do? He's competing for a Super Bowl. So, I, I, I think the – I'm more impressed with Matt as a professional player than I am uh, – than I was a college player. Not taking anything away from what he did at the collegiate level, but – if, if you're talking about all-time quarterbacks, well, obviously, Mike, I am a Tennessee homer, <laughs> and I can't I can't go without mentioning Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning was – was, but, see, I'm old school too, man. I was a huge Heath Shuler fan growing up. So, I, I just – I had the I had the jersey. I had I wanted to beat Heath Shuler growing up. Then he became a bust in the NFL. So, I don't know. When I'm thinking about all-time quarterbacks, brother – I'm thinking of uh, guys like Cam Newton. I'm thinking of guys like, uh, like you said, Johnny Football. It just felt like these guys could actually put – and it felt at times Joe Burrow. That's what I love about these quarterbacks that I'm talking about. It felt like they could put the whole game on their arm and win it. You know what I'm saying? There was plenty of moments you're like – counting some of these games out and you're just like how the hell did like you said Johnny Football get that off or how 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 in the hell did uh did Cam Newton stay on his feet <laughs> you know it's like right. there's 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 just so many great athletes that have come through the SEC uh but in my lifetime the ones that I've been impressed with, I would say are those guys. I know I'm probably leaving somebody off and, and I'm probably gonna get bashed online, but um <laughs> uh, but I would say I would say those top five, I'd say uh Peyton, just off the top of my head, Cam, not in that order, but uh Peyton, Cam, uh Johnny, um who else did I mention there? Um is that the only three? Is it a top three list? Joe Burrow? No, oh, Joe Burrow, okay, yeah, he's definitely on there. Uh, I, I will say uh, Tim Tebow. Sorry. That's, yeah, uh, cl- that's, that's another one. That's an easy one. Yeah, Tim Tebow was another one that just 
I could not wait for his ass to get out of college. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> As a Tennessee fan. Uh, but what he was able to do in some games, and like I said, just put the team on his back. Those guys, uh, those are going to – that's going to be my top five uh, uh, when I'm thinking of quarterbacks. And I'm probably missing a few, but you got to remember, I, I mean, I, I was born 82, so I, I'm, I don't remember some of the older guys uh, like some of you guys probably do. But in my lifetime, those watching those games and just what they were able to do on the field and just, like I said, it wasn't so much – that I was impressed, but I, I couldn't wait for them to graduate. It's the truth, man. I couldn't wait because I wasn't doing a podcast at the time, Mike. I was just solely a Tennessee ball fan. And if we didn't have one of those guys, I was pissed off. So uh, that's that was uh, – I guess that's what I grew up to. I remember Tebow, Shane, when, um, you know, when he was a freshman, they would bring him in for – like short yardage, and yeah. he was like a raw, raw guy. He was he was energy, and mm-hmm. you know I basically thought he was a fullback. And when they when when his sophomore season came around, I was like, well, this will be a disaster because you can't have a damn fullback as a quarterback. I mean, <laughs> what the hell is he going to do? And then yeah. he puts together one of the most impressive seasons of all time. He was just perfect for that Urban Meyer. Yeah system with his ability to run his ability to throw and all the athletes surrounding around i mean it's it's hard to rank anyone over tim tebow i think he should have won two heisman trophies i really do i I thought he got robbed his final year there uh yep you know i i know that uh ingram had a hell of a sec championship and a and an iron bowl that uh you know has legendary status down there but tim tebow for me right up there and do you remember the first time that uh, I don't know if you you can even remember this, but the, probably the first time you heard about Matthew Stafford, I watched him play at Georgia. As, I think it was a tr- his true freshman season. I don't believe he was the starter. He came in as a backup, and this was when you were living in, in your apartment with a couple of our buddies there. And I tried to tell you guys about this this damn guy in his arm. Do you remember what I said about Matthew Stafford? No. You guys probably three sheets in the wind, man. <laughs> you guys made fun of me for about a year and a half, but I said, this guy's the next John Elway because, I mean, that's what kind of cannon mm. this guy had. And, hey, it, it, I, you know, I think that that proved to be true. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a, there's a player with a more gifted arm than Matthew Stafford. Now, I know he didn't – you know, he didn't – he certainly had a great college career, but, uh, you know, never led him to that elusive – national title that they just turned around and got but you know he's a legend in his own right but you know one guy that uh, I always think about and he you know I don't know if he has any records or anything but we honor him here on the show with the statue the hefty lefty Jared Lorenzen I mean he's right up there for me I just I don't know very very few players or were as as fun as entertaining as Jared Lorenzen, and and I know it was on a lot of losing teams, and mm-hmm. you know he put up impressive stats, but uh, you know Kentucky was was never that much of a threat until Mark Stoops got there. But I always loved watching uh, the hefty lefty play. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one, man. Uh, I, he gave all those fat guys hope, you know that <laughs> yeah. you know why can't why can't I be quarterback, you know? <laughs> then I asked my coach, and he's like, "Just block the guy in front of you." Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, uh, I, I I 
obviously very inspirational man. Um, you know, speaking with Kentucky, I I remember the Tim Couch. I, I remember mm-hmm. when it was Peyton and Tim going back and forth. That was supposed to be an epic game. Yep. Uh, you know, he he did great up there. So yeah, there was I mean, obviously, Mike, there's been so many great storylines come through the SEC, especially at quarter Warful. Uh speak, yep. even even Chris Leak. I know you I, I give him a hard time uh because of uh Tim Tebow. I think he should have been out there sooner, but you know, Chris Leak was a serviceable quarterback that won a lot of games for the Florida Gators, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, let me ask you though, because you know, we're 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 just hashing here. Not one of us has mentioned an Alabama quarterback. Is that fair? Is that fair that we've not mentioned one Alabama quarterback <laughs> because of the product Nick Saban has put together for so many years? I mean, obviously, he's always had a stacked team, but there have been some great players. Uh, I mean, look what Mac did at New England this year. I mm-hmm. mean, are are we missing? Are, are we not giving them enough credit just because they're on loaded ball clubs? Well, you know, the thing with Nick Saban's program, it was always, you know, they got elite players except a quarterback. I mean, it was always yeah. Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron type. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, who was the guy that they started when they had Derrick Henry. Um, gee, I can't think of his name. But, you know, that was always the case until they got Jalen Hurts in there. And yeah. he was a phenomenon. And then it just went another level with Tebow. Or with Tua, it went to another level. And then I thought it would be a huge drop-off with Mac Jones. But, hell, he was arguably better than yeah. uh, than anything they've had. And now, of course, they've got the, the great Bryce Young, and it's just totally changed the narrative down there. So, you know, I think, I think by the time Bryce Young hangs him up at Alabama and goes on to the NFL, he'll certainly be in this discussion, just, just his incredible, incredible debut. Now he's got to – He's got to win at least one title, I think, given um, you know the reputation of some of the guys that came before him to to reach that status. But I certainly of those guys. I mean, I love Jalen Hurts and, and just his leadership and his toughness. But you know, I think you may have hit it there, Shane. I I love the fact that Mac Jones signed on in the same class as Tua, and he waited his turn. He could have transferred out at you know at any point. So many guys do these days. And he only got one year to start, and he made the mm-hmm. most of it. And, you know, one of the best quarter individual seasons of all time there. So, of all those guys, I'd probably put Mac Jones first, just just in my yeah. personal opinion, uh, with Jalen Hurts right just, just a smidge behind him. And I, I particularly love the fact that Jalen Hurts, you know, when he lost his job to Tua, you know, he didn't make a big scene of it. And, it, I mean, it could have been such a distraction, but he was such a leader and and such a just such a you know you know a team first guy that uh he didn't make it about himself when i think the vast majority of us probably would have and would have transferred yeah. out of that program for sure you know what oh definitely man definitely i i mean you could i mean there's been that's the thing some of these quarterbacks get lost you know what i'm saying it, you you look back 20 years and you forget about Connor Shaw, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, oh, somebody yeah, like that's, that. That's a perfect. You know what I'm saying? I love but I'm watching just saying, him play. 
You, you, but when you're talking Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, you don't think about it as a South – like if you were a South Carolina fan, you know, their top five easily would have him in there. You know what I'm saying? If you right. talk to a Vandy, you got to put Cutler somewhere in there. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. I, I, there's been so many great quarterbacks come through our league and, and go on to play at the next level. Uh, this Super Bowl is a prime example. We got two of them playing against each other. But, you know, there's so many – so many athletes in the NFL at quarterback, you know. So I don't know, man. I, I just waiting for the next the next chapter. You know, we're gonna look back in fifteen more years and we're gonna say, well, damn, dude, what about what about love? You know, I mean, he's the best. Who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? But um, you know, I don't know. I, I, that's a loaded question, and and and. Where everybody on this podcast listening is going to have a different answer, and they're going to have a different story, uh, but it's a story. You know what I'm saying? You may have went to a game with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and and watched one, and and then you know that that guy may not even have started the following season, but that game that you were there, he did something impressive, and maybe it was your first game ever seeing a college football. I mean, you know, we've all like the Heath Shuler thing. You know, I was a lot of people on this podcast probably don't know Heath Shuler as much as I do. Right. But the first game I ever seen as, as a Tennessee Vol fan was was him running through the end zone. Man, I got the jersey the next day, and me and my brother were out there throwing football. And guess what? When we're playing, I'm Heath Shuler now. You know, right, he's stuck right. with Rocket Ishmael, but <laughs> you know, but or or then when I got bigger, I had to switch to the fridge. But <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> growing up, that quarterback meant more to me. Heath Shuler meant more to me than than Peyton Manning does, and I and I love Peyton Manning, but that wasn't the quarterback I grew up. That's not the one that made me fall in love with this sport. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to hear what all the listeners think too, man. We post this pod tomorrow. If you got a story or a quarterback that, you know, really meant a lot to you, I'd be interested and to tell us why. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you got a picture with them or something. Mm -hmm. You know, one guy we didn't reference, I I can't get off here without mentioning him because one of my favorites, Shane, and – this was when I first got into the media, and I put this out there as a, the dark horse to win the SEC. Got a, I got mocked relentlessly my first year at Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State, 2014. I was a huge, huge believer in Dak Prescott, who, you know, that's a Louisiana kid, got an offer mm-hmm. from LSU to play tight end, yet <laughs> he goes to Mississippi State, plays for Dan Mullen. He leaves that program as – you know, I, I don't think there's any argument. The best player in that program history. And yeah. just just how incredible he was and, and reached the heights of number one in the country. He was a Heisman contender. And then similar to Peyton Manning, you know, could have went on to the NFL his uh, after his junior season, came back to one more year, senior season, become a better passer, became an even better passer than he was his junior season. And, of course, now he's a – one of the biggest stars in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. But, uh, you know, I, I think Mississippi State's been good for a long time. They got one of the longest bowl streaks in the SEC. But they didn't reach those new heights without Dak Prescott. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of the story maybe you're kind of referencing where, you know, it's great to land the five-star and, and you, you know, the, all right. these guys get all these expectations and, and you can't wait to see him play. But – I doubt even the biggest diehard Mississippi State fan said when they signed Dak Prescott, 
that this will be our guy. You know what I mean? But yeah. you yeah. fall in love with them over the years after just, you know, their gutty performances and, and beating LSU and Baton Rouge and, right. and winning the Egg Bowl and, and all the, the heights you get with these players. And, uh, you know, he's certainly one that sticks out in my mind as, as an all-time great at that quarterback position in the SEC. Absolutely. I mean, to look at Arkansas. You know they're they're on a they're on the swing. You know what I'm saying. And, and if they're competing for national championships in two or three years, you're going to look back at KJ Jefferson, a quarterback that you know didn't have the accolades all these other players had. And uh, you know I don't know what his future is in the NFL, but as an Arkansas fan, you're going to look back to the guy that started this. You know that started this swing, and mm-hmm. it's just I don't know. I, I think like you said, it's a it's a little bit of a loaded question because. I, one fun story, man, I got – I know I'm rambling, but James, uh, uh, James Banks, you mm-hmm. remember him, right? Oh, yeah. So, well, one time – I was young, okay, he, he had a little problem there with Tennessee, whatever, uh, but he was at a party next door, and we were next door playing uh, NCAA, you know, and they, we're in and out, people are drinking and stuff like that, uh, and he comes through there and he says he's got next. So, I won – and uh and james comes over it, it, to play the game and i said he goes who you want to be i said i'm gonna be tennessee i said you can be whoever you want and uh he says all right he says well i'm gonna grab a beer i'll be back well while he was gone i changed my lineup and i put him at quarterback because he was still on the game you know and i changed and i his name's on there and everything and i smoked him and i and i kept boy he got mad but i said i said man you didn't expect to get beat by yourself today <laughs> Oh, man. I'm glad he didn't challenge me to a 40 or something like that because he would have smoked me. But video games, I got his ass. <laughs> well, hey, Shane, I think that's a perfect uh, place to end it. But, uh, you know, I just thought during the off season, maybe a little fun topics, like, yes, maybe uh, a little bit more interesting than uh, than typical, you know, because there's just such a lack of news at this point in time yeah. until we get to the spring. But uh, I cannot wait to watch this Super Bowl and and see who wins it. See which SEC quarterback is going to be a Super Bowl champion. And they mm-hmm. won't be alone because each of these teams got about twenty players each with uh, <laughs> SEC alumni. So SEC is going to be well represented here in the Super Bowl. Yep. But uh, hey, brother, that's all I got. You got anything else before we hop off the line? Well, who you got? Who you got? I mean, <laughs> I, I got to ask. You know, I've been saying all week that I think the Rams are going to win it because I just don't yeah. think that uh, the Cincinnati's offensive line is going to ha- be able to contain Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and and company. Yeah. But I'm going to flip it, man. Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, they're on such a hot streak. This guy's like the damn Terminator, Shane. Just refuses <laughs> to go down, refuses to give in. And Joe Burrow is just a – he's just a damn champion. That's all he is. Oh, yeah. And this may go down – as you know, he may be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game, and you know, I'm just I'm just going to appreciate every moment we get with him. So I'm going with the upset, Shane. I'll, I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl, and I'm ready for this uh, this clip to come back and bite me. Who who you got? 
Well, you know, I absolutely love Joe. I, I, I loved him at LSU. I loved him to the very point he put that Cincinnati jersey on because as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, <laughs> I just cannot get past it. So I'm going to take the Rams, and I'm not going to take them because I hate Cincinnati. I'm going to take the Rams because, by God, Mike, this is Georgia's year. I mean, think about it. The Braves. Mm-hmm. The Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the quarterback Matthew Stafford. This the, you talk about a Cinderella story. I got to go with that. So give me the Rams over Cincinnati. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. My wife, of course, she's looking forward to the commercials and the halftime show. So uh, <laughs> we're going to be up all night watching that, brother, and texting throughout the night. But, uh, yeah, give me the Rams. And uh, I'm excited, brother. I mean, this is not a Super Bowl anyone expected to see. No. Cincinnati hasn't been there in, what, 30-something years, you know. So this is, uh, this is a big deal. And um, I'm looking forward to it just because it's different. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think uh, just both fan bases, collective sigh of bre- relief. We didn't both pick them to win this damn game because that would, that's a, would be a guaranteed lock that the other team would right. win it. You know what? That's right. Absolutely. So, all right, man. Well, it's good talking to you again. And uh, I look forward to seeing you later this week, right? We're going we're gonna to start doing some more, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, we'll have to see what happens. I hope to have more guests on the week. I've been been just having guests crazy so i hope everyone appreciates us going around the league and getting insight from different insiders but uh yeah so stay tuned the show ain't going anywhere but uh i appreciate you shane as always hopping on the line we got some reviews that that need to be read at some point so get those reviews in shane's gonna read them on the next episode but that's gonna do it shane enjoy the super bowl everybody be be safe out there have a great time and we'll catch you on the next one All right, see you guys. Go Vols.